0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Authentic Agent Podcast. I'm uh, joined today by my very special guest, Derek Vogel of Credit Absolute. Welcome, Derek! Man, happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Ah, man, I'm excited about this one because you came in, you spoke to our real estate team, uh, BTG Real Estate, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked a lot of things, credit, credit scores, like just just the impact of credit in society, and and not only that, but just from an agent's perspective and how to help their clients build credits so that they can buy houses right so we're going to get into all of that today but first i want to thank our sponsor as you know our sponsor is angela kiernan and magnus title angela thank you very much for sponsoring the podcast if you don't know angela or you haven't worked with her in the past she is absolute pure excuse me pure hustle pure heart her team's got just Fantastic communication, so if you've got uh, a need for someone like Angela in your business or a great title rep, one that can actually impact your bottom line and make a difference for your clients, reach out to Angela. We have put her contact information below in the comments section, but she can always be reached at Angela.Kiernan K-I-E-R-N-A-N at MagnusTitle.com Derek, you ready to rock, man? Yeah, let's do this. I'm excited to have you here because uh, you and I actually go way back. We, uh, we I mean, we've been, we've been seeing a little bit more of each other these days just because the the impact that your business can have on our client flow, but uh, we we go a little bit further back than that, don't we?
1: We sure do. It's uh, interesting uh, yeah. storyline, but, <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah,
0: let's talk about. it. I mean, let's talk how we met because I think that uh, as we lean into your story, and for those of you don't who who haven't listened to the Authentic Agent podcast before, it's more than just what what Credit Absolute and Derek does for his clients. It's it's also Derek's story and how you got here and and the trial and tribulations of failures, um, all those things that, that we deal with to create success in our, in our lives and business. But let's take it all the way back to right after the economic crash in 2008. Like, where were you? What did your life look like at that point?
1: Well, I guess if we go uh, a few years before that, I had uh, just moved out here and, and then you know, went through, I was just trying to find a way. And uh, you know, I was just—I uh, got back into the mortgage business because I was doing mortgages back in Ohio, and uh, you know, it was to a point where you know I didn't have a car. You know, getting up at five in the morning, four in the morning to get catch a bus, just mm-hmm. to get to work. And the market crashed, and then um, I had to uh, end up moving to Costa Rica. Where in Costa Rica? Uh Playa Hermosa. Okay, area, which yep. was you know, uh, you know, for me it was just yeah, you know, I was young and. Just experiencing life and sure had some friends starting a mortgage company that I was helping with and doing real estate. Uh, in Costa Rica? Yeah. Interesting. You don't have to have a license there for real estate. So yeah, it's we a little know. A little, little different. We you know. have an expansion person <laughs> yeah. in Tamarindo,
0: Costa Rica, and not to mention no centralized MLS. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's freewheeling down there. Yeah, it's cool. And I, then, you know, for me, it was a boating business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just got
1: to take tourists, you know, wakeboarding, oh. snorkeling. Nice. Yeah, so it, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, it just kept getting worse. And then uh, when I had come home, uh, I think it would have been probably around 2006-ish, mm-hmm. uh, had a buddy um, say, hey, come check out this mortgage company. And and then that's actually when you and I had met. Yeah. And we'd started together about the same time. Yeah, and that was
0: 2009-ish, something like that, eight, nine uh yeah yeah uh, yeah but, yeah, but run there yeah yeah and uh, and let's face it back then i mean jobs were thin uh, they were few and far between, and if if you had to make ends meet, then you had to you had to do some things that maybe you didn't necessarily love to do. Um, and that's how we met. I know when when i was when I was there, we went through training together, and that's how we met and you know we got on the floor and it was it was an interesting uh, environment it wasn't it wasn't the environment that I prefer to be <laughs> in. Um, but uh, it was an interesting in, environment and I met a lot of great people, um, including yourself um but if i remember right uh when i met you you had you had recently had a son you had a you had a little boy um yep, and, deacon. And, and deacon not so little anymore but <laughs> shout out to deacon dad's <laughs> on the podcast um you know talk about that that time in your life because i know that time in my life was so difficult you know trying to find my way trying to pick myself up off the pavement of the economic crash and dealing with the shame and the guilt and of losing everything and the and the low sense of confidence I know I was bouncing around rock bottom at that time, trying to find my way. What, what was it like for you? You know, it was uh, it was a grind.
1: You know, uh, working sixty plus hours a week at that time, and with Deacon just being born, um, I was uh, always wanted to make sure that uh, I was different than how I was raised, and not not that I was raised bad, but just I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to be able to spend more time with my son and mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do that where I was at the time. And um, If I remember right, we didn't have a choice. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, we did not. And, you know, I guess one of the, the nice things is that it, it catapulted me to finally uh, take that, you know, that risk where you're like, okay, I'm going to, I got to do something. If I don't do this, um, you know, I always uh, was younger when I w- I should say always, but when I was younger, uh, just, you know, had a lot of dark trails that, you know, um, I had chosen to go down. And then when Deacon was born, yeah, he, you know, I can just thank God and and thank him for changing my life. But
0: is that a young man's thing? You know, not obviously not for every, everyone, (laughs) but I too, like when I look back on the early stages of my early twenties or even mid twenties, like I don't even recognize that man. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't connect to that person at all. That was me. I mean, it was certainly me. But looking back on that now, I'm just like, I, I don't have anything in common with that person that I was back then. No, it's a little scary yeah, to but, look back. Yeah. And, I
1: Yeah, I. I mean, so with that, I, I just I, – that was one of the th- – I'm glad that you bring that point up because that's one of the things I want to try to guide my son mm-hmm. to be able to – surround himself around uh like-minded
0: successful people and not just not get caught up in the ego yeah the young man's game yeah yeah for sure self the self-serving materialistic drive that that we have at that age where we just really haven't figured out like what matters in life and it doesn't matter how many people that are older than you tell you like hey you know like get get your shit together (laughs) so to speak but uh we just don't see the world the way we need to see it yet. And that that kind of puts us down a path where we're, where we're exploring areas of our life that we just don't, like, they just don't, they don't serve us. They don't serve our future. It's materialistic. It's driven by ego. And, and you know, like, a ho- like thankfully, many of us get out of that. And some, some don't. Yeah. Some don't. You know, and so that's, uh,
1: you know, that's one of the big drives for me uh, to be able to create that different atmosphere for him yeah and you know leading by example yeah you know because he's a
0: kind of a mirror of me which sometimes funny I'm how scared, that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah so here we were we were working at this this mortgage company and we're on a we're on a seriously hardcore sales floor and you know whip driven type of type of deal and working you know 12 hours a day is expected um you know it in it, and I know we talked about this very briefly, but the same thing happened to me too, As I learned during that time, I was just like, wow, like I want to be more in control of my future. I want to be more in control of my journey. Um, and this is not what I want my life to look like. There's no balance here. There's, there's no opportunity to, you know, to create a life outside of this business. This is just about business. Right. Um, and I know you and I kind of share that, that feeling. Um, but what did you do after that i mean that that catapulted you down another path and and take us through that what what happened when you left that company
1: so um you know i was uh just trying to find ends meet, and uh luckily i had invested some money into the 401k program they had um at a high level uh just because i didn't know what i was doing but it, it actually ended up working out for me that way but I remember there was just a, a time there when uh, my former wife uh, was really kind of leading the way mm-hmm. and um, I was struggling. And some of my head friends had started a, a credit repair type business where they're more kind of a marketing firm. And uh, I wasn't a fan of that model just yeah. say because it was like, hey, give me a bunch of money. Here's an ebook and send your own letters right and so i'm like you know there has to be a better way to do this and so uh, i got a a business plan uh, like a template and had no idea what you know how to run a business i just i knew how to talk to people and sell and so i did a bunch of research and found a company that did like online training but in live person training continuing education but their crm system was just specifically for credit repair, credit counseling, and education uh, software. And so when I saw this opportunity, I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is how you, you know, this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And kind of just lightly touching on that, it's just performance-based model where it's more education-based first, mm-hmm. and then the byproduct is obviously helping them repair their credit. But, you know, without education, the repair side means nothing.
0: Yeah. And that's I what so. I love about, you know, what you're doing now is, and we talked about this before, it was you're, you're focused a lot more on credit counseling and education um, and letting that organically uh, help credit repair versus just selling some idea of credit repair and do this, this, and this. And like, that's that's a little bit less uh, consumer focused. So it's less client uh, service focused, but I've seen what you do. Um, and, you know, some of our agents have used your services for clients and, and it is different. Like, and I think the first time that we sat down and talked, I, I kind of was, was a little taken back. I was just like, listen, man, I know these credit, <laughs> you know, I know these credit repair companies and I know this gig. Um, but you are, you are a little bit different in the way that you're like your, your heart's in the right place and you, and you're, you're trying to actually have an impact on people's lives and you're doing it in a very transparent way and educating them about what's happening, what you're doing and how it's going to help them. And from this case, ultimately help them reach their goal. Um, which from our standpoint and our business and how you impact our business is helping people, uh, buy a house qualify for a loan, to buy a house, to finally get to the American dream, to own a home for them and their family, which despite what people might think is still one of the most important ways to build wealth as, as a family, as, as home ownership. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I love that, but from, from your own words, what does, what does Credit Absolute do for your company? What do you do for your customers?
1: Well, you know, I think the simplest kind of way to just express it is that uh, we provide a visual education so that they can understand how the sc- scoring system actually works, mm-hmm. as opposed to just saying, here, you know, let us take care of it, don't worry about it, we're going to fix everything. Yeah. You know, that. Really doesn't work, yeah. Um, so because they
0: do need to be engaged in the process, right? It's very centric around that that specific person. They need to lean into it and participate. in And you're going to guide them and educate them, but they got to participate a little bit. What does that look like from their standpoint? What is their participation in the process? Well, you know, in the beginning, uh, you
1: know, we do a free consultation for all our clients, and that's just so we can go through the report, credit report with them, mm-hmm. and help them see the errors and mistakes number one and then number two also look at any gaps that need to be filled in and what i mean by gaps is they might not have the proper mix of credit Uh, they might need to build new credit Uh, they might need to take some open active trade lines that they're currently making payments on and manage them properly Mm -hmm. a lot of times people get uh under the impression hey if i make my payments on time i should have perfect credit yeah, but they forget about the other sixty-five
0: uh, percent of the scoring system. Talk about that, like you know, you just went through you know new lines of credit, open lines of credit, you know, managing credit. Um, you know, start from the beginning and just walk through like some of the most common areas that people just really don't understand about how their credit core, how their credit score is calculated, um, and the impact that the way they use their credit has on that score. Well. The biggest, the most important thing that I've found uh, from my mentor,
1: uh, which is one of the top credit experts in our nation. I mean, he used to work for FICO, work for Equifax. I mean, so it's nice to know, right, mm-hmm. that you're getting valid, confirmed, you know, information. Sure. And so, you know, there's a lot of things online that people read, or let's say that, you know, they heard from their grandpa or their, their father or their banker, and they're just telling them what they think is real or yeah. to be true. But has it's completely false. It's, you know, it's misleading. Um, and, you know, I think that's important for people to uh, validate, right, so, you know, any information they're receiving. And so I guess that's one of the things uh, that I've done for our clients is done all the validation because I've made my own mistakes in the past. Um, I fell on my face quite a few times trying to fix my own credit. So to kind of bring this back to what's most important for the client is Uh, Our score is, you know, based on 550 points. And why that number is so valuable and important is because, you know, some of us have seen the pie chart where it's broken down. Payment history is 35%. Credit cards are 30%. Age of credit is 15%. Proper mix of credit is 10%. And then new creditor inquiries is 10%. But when they see that percentage, it doesn't mean anything. Right. And so... When you take then thirty five percent, we'll just talk about payment history and keep it very simple. You know, you need to make your payments on time. I mean, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty given. Yeah. But it's one hundred ninety two point five points. That's what that thirty five percent equates to out of the five fifty. Out of the five fifty. Mm-hmm. And then why that's so important is because people can miss a payment uh, accidentally or just you know they had automatic payment, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is one thirty day late payment. Then it impacts their score negatively over a hundred plus points negatively, mm-hmm. like it'll decrease their score over hundred points. Just one miss, one miss, whether it's accidental or not. Yep. Yeah. And then it takes nine months, maybe longer, to completely recover from one thirty-day late. Wow. And so, if people are like, "Oh man, should I? You know, I find a way to make the payment, even yeah. if it's minimum," and you know. It's, you know, just know too, like if a payment is 29 days late, they can't report a 30 day late. Yeah. Because it wasn't 30 days late. So, I mean, you have some flexibility there. I'm not saying
0: ride it out. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, what the audience didn't hear is like, hey, listen, just pay it on the 29th day. But if you had to, if you were in a pinch, you, you could maneuver like obviously you need to accept the responsibility that by the time you make that that payment on the 29th day that your next payment is likely due 2 days later so you've got to be disciplined and recovering but yes. the reality of it is 29 is not 30 correct yeah. and
1: so you know that's just you know, this is powerful to understand the the point system and um the credit cards uh, is actually the golden nugget to credit um, it's the fastest way to build credit and to increase your scores the fastest.
0: Yeah, uh, but not just having credit cards, right? It's using credit cards extremely responsibly. And in your case, what you're educating people on is not just having credit cards, but using them strategically to help you build credit. And uh, I think what people, some people think, is like just get a credit card and start putting some stuff on there, and that's going to help your credit. That's like that. I think that's the basic mindset, but. You've, that, you've talked to us it's very different than that. Uh, it's a, yeah it's a whole
1: different ball game I mean yeah. and uh, some also are scared to get credit cards because right they know that their habits are hard to break. they're not disciplined yeah. and so it's also you know if you don't have the credit scores people apply for the wrong not shouldn't say the wrong cards but they want a specific card but they get denied and so uh, they feel it's hopeless. I'm like I'm never going to be able to build but there are rebuilding uh, credit cards that you can get that some don't even require credit scores. Some require a minimum, mm-hmm. but it's critical to have those cards and then actively manage them, right, properly. And the simplest thing, because there's a lot that goes with credit cards. So, I mean, we can get deep into it if you want uh, so the consumer can understand, I because this is the most important thing, I sure, think. Sure, go for it. Um, So if I asked the average client or banker, or real estate agent who, you know, doesn't, I mean, in the industry, like, what do you think a good balance is or percentage-wise to keep on a credit card? And it's typically 30%. People say it all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not that great. And so I wish people would stop saying that because it's not uh, benefiting the clients because, I mean, anything over 50 is negative.
0: Over fifty percent of the So if the you have a yeah,
1: if you have a thousand dollar limit credit card, mm-hmm. hundred bucks and up, is that that starts at that fifty percent mark.
0: So let's rewind for a second because we had talked about, you know, one hundred and thirty five point two points were based oh, on payment history is one hundred and ninety two point five. Hundred and ninety two point five. Okay. okay. Yep. So like it sticking with that five fifty mark there, uh, hundred and ninety two point five coming from payment history, what, what is how does that Play now with the credit cards. So credit cards are thirty percent. Thank you for coming back to that because it's the
1: second biggest chunk of okay. our score, and so it's worth one hundred and sixty-five points.
0: Gotcha. Just credit cards. Gotcha. So those two, you know, we're talking sixty-five percent. So of those are score. your two biggest pillars, right there. Correct. Yeah. So now let's go into the credit card deal, and and just to recap here a little bit, um, there's multiple levels of credit cards, and we talked about this briefly before we got going. Is oftentimes they're entry level credit cards. They're not going to give you a huge amount of credit or anything like that, but they do represent a building block to get yourself started. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And then of course from there, you know, you you learn credit discipline, and you start to work your way up that ladder. But we we're now at the point where collectively, we've kind of settled in on this 30% balance is a good thing. But what you're saying is that that's, that's one of those myths out there around credit. If you really want to start to build your credit, we've got to keep the balance under 30%. The sweet spot is under 10%, under 10%, under 10% of
1: the limit. Okay. So if it's a starter card, I mean, this is important. It could only be a $200 limit. right? So you're talking about under 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, and I think that the consumer really has to understand that, like, the, the card's not to help you live a different lifestyle. Like, this, this, is, <laughs> no. this, is, a, this is a job you're going to take on to take this card and put your gas on it and pay it off and keep it under the, the 10% limit and know that the credit card is not there to help fund your life. It is there to help you have a tool to start building credit so that you can achieve an, a, a bigger goal hundred percent right? which in most cases for most consumers is a house well for okay, some people ma- it's just a really fancy car but you know from the context of this conversation we're trying to build towards an asset yeah. which which would be a house and that majority one, is one yes. stepping stone in that process um, so take us further down the credit card thing here right? Okay. We, we now we know we got to keep those balances under ten percent so paying
1: a card off to a zero balance uh, I know this sounds crazy but
0: it's True, it could actually affect your score negatively. Yeah, that is crazy. To me, that sounds crazy. I Myself and my wife, we're one of those people, it's just like we pay that sucker down to zero every single month. And what you're telling me is that's actually could be a negative thing. How is that? Well, I mean, it puts the card into a status of no
1: activity, in a sense. Even though it's being used constantly and being paid off. Correct. Huh. And it has to, you know, so we don't get too into the dark places of credit. I mean, it's just, it's a control thing. It has to do with, you know, they want a percentage to make money. Yeah. An interest. I mean, that's the simplest way just to kind of. So they're it.
0: basically so, dinging you for not giving them the opportunity to make money. Pretty much. So let me be very but, clear to the audience. This was not designed to be fair. right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So like put away, you know, the, the feelings that you're catching right now about this stuff is the entire system was not designed to be fair. It was designed to be profitable. hundred percent. Right. It is now our responsibility to understand the landscape of that and how to play within the framework of those rules to our advantage. Right. So
1: there, so there's a few different types of credit cards too. And so, you know, you have like an American Express type card, where it's called a charge card, where you have to pay it off in full. You can't carry a balance. Mm -hmm. You usually need a higher credit score, 700 plus range to even get that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not always important in the beginning when you're building credit. And then you have your regular cards that could be uh, some or just, you know, you don't get any cash back. There's no points. It's just a normal card. It can be secured or unsecured, Mm -hmm. just fine. Still important, even if you have to put up your own money to get a secured card it's critical
0: to build that foundation. And what you mean by a secured card is there are credit card companies that will allow you to pay them 300 or $500 and they'll send you a card with a, a max of 300 or $500. Correct. And they'll report it as credit. Correct. And, and it's meant to help you. Build. Yes, and then after yeah. if like six months, sometimes they'll convert
1: it into an unsecured and give your money back. So there's a lot of different okay. uh, cards. It's just important. Uh, this question's come up sometimes, but if you use the card... Mm -hmm. That money is technically not your money anymore. So you have to make the payment. Yeah. Like, it's not like a debit card where it's, you know, or a gift card, you know, you use the money. So it's just, you know, it's important to understand that component. But then there's department store cards.
0: So like Kohl's or Home Depot or Victoria's Secret, something like that. So this is an interesting one for me because I've always been told that the department store card is the worst card to own. Well, it's not the it's, it's not a bad card to own.
1: It's just people get tricked into hey or get this, get twenty percent off, get forty percent off, and then they have twelve of them. <laughs> well, and, and see that's not a bad thing to have twelve. It's just bad to the consumer who can't manage right, right their finances properly because then people get into debt and buying stuff that they can't afford, spending mm-hmm. money that they don't have, and that's where it gets and you get into trouble. And they're usually high APR. The rates on them are extremely high. Right. And so, um, you know, it's okay to
0: have multiple cards. I mean, I have over fifteen different credit cards, okay. but I only use two or three. But I think the important thing to to explain here is does like doesn't matter the amount of cards you have. What matters is the responsibility that you're using them. That's right? the only thing. And that we're going to talk about this towards the end of the podcast. Is just basic financial education, whether it's for children or adults. It is like like being educated on how all of this works, how the financial system works, how the credit system works. It's our responsibility as people, if we want to utilize these credit services, to educate ourselves on the ins and outs of them, be responsible in the way that we utilize them in our lives, and really understand that a credit card is not meant to help you live above your means. And I think a lot of people do that, right? They're just borrowing money from the future constantly to live a higher lifestyle today? Yeah, Uh, a
1: majority of uh, the country does, unfortunately. And the the one last thing I want to just share about the credit cards is that there's two dates on a credit card. Mm -hmm. There's a statement date, and then there's the due date. Uh, I hope we all know that the due date is this, that's when you have to pay the credit card by or you get a late fee and then it goes into the 30-day late if you go past the 30 days. Mm -hmm. The statement date is critical. And like I said, this is kind of the golden nugget. And so in order for you, and I say that's to the consumer, to control and dictate the scoring algorithms or the scoring system, you can control that by making your payment two days before the statement date. Hmm. Because on the statement date is when the credit card company reports the balance of the credit card to the credit bureaus. And most people don't pay it before the statement date. They pay it before the due date. Right. Because, right, that's why, of course, why wouldn't you? Yeah. But nobody knows that the balance of the credit card is being reported on the statement date. So simply, let's just say the statement date is the 5th of every month and the due date is the 20th -hmm. and you max out a credit card. Let's say it's only a $300 limit. It's easy to buy groceries and gas Mm -hmm. to max it out. And they're like, you know what? I'll just, I'm going to pay this all on the 15th, five days before the 20th of the due date. But on the 5th of the month, they already reported the maxed out credit card to the credit bureaus, which
0: destroys your credit. Okay. So what do you say to people that are like, my goodness, like, this is just a job, like, monitoring this process? Like, what do you say to people who are rolling their eyes going like, you know, and and there's a lot of people out there as evidenced by, you know, credit scores throughout the nation people just throw up their hands and go, I don't get it. I don't understand this process. It's like a job trying to figure it at all, figure it all out. And they just give up. Well, I mean, then... I guess
1: if you're going to give up at that, I mean, you're probably going to give up at everything in life. Hey, there it is. And so, you know, you have to just, I think it's like anything, right? Once we create bad habits, it's hard to get out of them until you right hire a a good mentor or a coach Mm -hmm. or a trusted advisor. And that's something that Credit Absolute loves to be able to be there for the clients to relieve some of that pressure. Yeah. Because they can know that if uh, we give them a straight line to walk down and we're going to hold their hand through it. And, that, you know, that's why we do monthly reviews with our clients. But yeah. I think that once once you break or change your methodology of thinking right, and create the new habit, once you understand it, then it's easy. Because, you know, I mean, you're just changing It just becomes the new way that you do it. Yeah, instead of paying it, you know, before the due date, now you're just paying it before the statement date. But what's cool is now you can, most people like to have control. Yeah. And so being able to control your own credit now gives you a sense of empowerment. To be Like, cool, like, I know my scores are going to increase if I do this. Yeah. As opposed to people falling into the cycle, I call the vicious cycle, where they're making their payments on time. But their credit scores are always low mm-hmm. and they just needed to make that little tweak. That one little tweak could have jumped them up a bunch of points. Yeah, I mean credit, again, remember, credit cards are 165 points yeah. of the credit score.
0: So that, that's incredible. I mean so now we've got two, we've got payment history and we've got credit cards as the two major ones in that 550 point base system. And I want to talk about I, I, I want to ask you this, and I asked you this at our, at our team meeting a couple of weeks ago, like what's the highest credit score you can have? Eight fifty. Eight fifty. So why are we basing the point system off five fifty? Well, because the score doesn't go down to zero. Okay. Interesting. And all it only goes is to three hundred. Why is that?
1: Actually, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. But, but I found that I found that to be really interesting. Is just like it, it's it's a confusing confusing process. But what I landed on was. Okay, I need to be educated on how to manipulate this system, this complex system to my advantage. If I want to use credit in my life, it it feels like my responsibility. I need to own my own level of participation and understanding how to do it. I don't have to agree with it. And I think a lot of people, you know, get to that point where they just roll their eyes, throw up their hands and say this is stupid. I'm not participating in this. That's dangerous too because you need like you need credit to build the you know your wealth or or to buy a home or change the financial trajectory in the world at some point you're going to have to interact with credit and you might as well do it responsibly right you might as well know what you're getting into well I mean they they try to say cash is king but I
1: mean I I don't mean I guess I don't necessarily agree with that because I mean credit runs our lives in a sense to the it financial runs world runs our I mean, entire country is what it does I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's because it's not just based on Obviously purchasing a home in the American Dream is one of the most fundamental things that I help our clients with, right but it also ties into their homeowners insurance. And I mean, a client could save on their mortgage 150 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month just by having higher credit
0: scores. Yeah, when you look and at this over the course of a lifetime for somebody, someone over the course of a lifetime with good credit, whether it's mortgage or financing a car or credit cards, whatever it is, like if you if you monitor this credit situation, you have good credit and you're consistently operating on lower interest rates as a result for a lifetime, that adds up. Hundreds it, of It doesn't thousands. just add up to be like, "Oh, you know, I got an extra 20." Like It's literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of a lifetime, maybe millions, depending on how much credit you use and, you know, utilize for your business or for your life. But to me, that's like getting that money back is is a huge, like that's a huge win. That's worth learning how to control your credit scores to me because just just not spending that money having cuz that that's money now that exists in my accounts for my family for my future instead of just being paid out so that I can own a new car or a new house or whatever whatever it is it's it's pretty crazy and critical to think that you know some people
1: not want to invest in themselves yeah and they're like oh credit you know it's expensive i so, mean not Not really. Not really. (laughs) Because you're telling me you got a 25% interest rate on your car loan, you're making a $600 payment on a $20,000 loan. How do you not invest in yourself?
0: I mean, that's... I see it all the time. It's absurd, yeah. and that's the path that a lot of people go. It's like we talked about being young men and, and valuing the wrong things in our lives. This happens a lot to young people. Is they'll go out and they'll they'll stretch themselves to get that Lexus or that BMW, right? They like it's more important than to them to look. Like they're successful than to actually be successful, and that that has a spiraling process because of what you just said. Now all of a sudden you're paying this massively high interest rate on a car that you shouldn't have bought in the first place to look a way that you don't act, that's not even an accurate representation of who you are or where you're at in your life, and that process has a tendency to spiral, and it's it's harder to get out of. And sometimes
1: when impo- Well, I shouldn't say impossible, but I mean if you don't have right, the right mentor or coach, you're just, you're going to spiral down that path. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. So payment history being a big portion of your credit score, credit cards being a big portion of your credit score. What's next? Like if we're talking about this 550, 192.5 to the payment history, one hundred and thirty.
1: 165, uh, 165 for credit cards. to the credit <laughs>
0: yeah. card. See, even I'm confused with this. So, but, you know, there's, there's still a lot of points left there. What are the other critical components to building your credit score in there? So, there's three
1: left um, it's age of credit, mm-hmm. and age of credit's 82.5, which is actually a pretty big chunk. It's 15%. Right. Age of credit just uh, is pretty straightforward. It just has to do with uh, basically just, you know, when you opened up your first account. So, you know, if you opened up an account in 1990, um, that could be how old your credit report is. Now, a positive account uh, typically after it's closed will remain on the report for up to 10 years uh, Mm -hmm. before it falls off. Um, And then negative accounts, you know, if you look at that component and kind of look at those uh, statute of limitations, there's quite a few of them. But let's say that you were late on a credit card And you let it go charged off, excuse me, charged off uh, from the date of its original delinquency. They're allowed to report it for up to seven years. Uh, You know, bankruptcies are uh, one of the only ones that report up for ten years negatively. Uh, So, just with the age of credit, you have to be you know just conscious, conscientious of it because it's important to manage the age and if you have negative credit and you're trying to rebuild your credit, it's important that you don't delete something, let's say, that was negative, but you settled it and paid it, and it's closed. But if that was the oldest account on your credit report and you go to a company that doesn't know what they're doing, um, then you could be in risk of shortening the age of your credit, let's say, by 5, 10, 15 years sometimes. Just by closing that thing down. Or, or getting it deleted or getting it deleted. Okay.
0: From it being inaccurate and so it's, sometimes it's important not to just delete stuff. So and this blows it. my mind again because what you're what you're telling me is a charge off, a negative situation that represents the oldest account would be a natural thing somebody would want to delete from their credit, right? So charge off it seems sure. it seems negative, but what you're saying is that it as as the score is calculated, it's better to just leave it on there? Yeah. That's incredible to me. That that's a, that's absolutely incredible to me. So age of credit's important. How do young people build credit? Then um, you know the first thing that comes to my mind is the idea that you know the the the, the credit card that you talked about, where you pay a company three hundred or five hundred dollars and and they give you a credit line for that. Is that a good thing for for young people to do? And how young can they start that process? Eighteen. So you have to be eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so.
1: I think it's always perfectly fine to start building credit as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's like I said, it dictates a lot of things that we want to do. Is there a way to start building it before eighteen? I know that I've seen or heard parents, you know, they'll try to add their kids as an authorized user, but Mm -hmm. realistically, no. You just, you know, I don't even know if that's legal, honestly, to do that. Okay. Um, So I would just say, just when they're eighteen of age of age, then they can start, you know, guiding them down. Uh, the path of just teaching them how to manage credit because I think it's silly for people to use debit cards because if you
0: understand the game of credit. Which is a key component to this statement, though, is if you understand. Right. And which so it pretty much when, cuts out a good portion of the entire society, <laughs> right? So, it does, but, yeah. you know, it's cool that we
1: get to provide this type of opportunity mm-hmm. so that people could... Uh, I just receive, right, information because if you have a credit card, let's say, that has points and cash back and air miles, then you need to be using that for any type of payment transaction. Dave Ramsey's cringing in his seat right now. Good. <laughs> I'm not a Dave Ramsey fan. I'm not saying that his methodologies of getting out of debt uh, aren't valuable because they are but course, yeah. he's against
0: built you know credit which i think is kind of insane yeah but uh, th- there's also a time and a place for a lot of people in their lives where that is exactly what they need they, uh, they need to plug into getting debt paid off and getting their hundred yeah hundred percent together yeah um i just think there's a
1: paradigm shift yeah that you know would be valuable and that's just learning how to build the credit the right way and right um, but you know, like I said, if, if you are using your debit card to pay your bills, though, right? You're you're using it anyways,
0: mm-hmm. so use your, your credit and
1: get free money.
0: Yeah, it's literally free. It sounds it, you're right. In the tech, from a technical standpoint, it literally is free. The problem is discipline correct problem is is. education the problem is is like they don't you start not paying the card off because (laughs) you know your your priorities in your life are a little different so i pay the card off this month and i can't go out i can't hit the bar i can't do this thing that i want to do in my life and that's where it starts to get out of control and i think that's where the majority of people are is not sharing in that discipline or that responsibility of utilizing credit the way to their advantage
1: and you know Being able to teach children uh, has always been a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talking about at a young age and being able to, you know, one of my goals, uh, I would love to be able to speak at uh, even community colleges, colleges, but even kids getting out of high school. Yeah. Just graduating and just teaching them the fundamentals of all the risks that they're about to
0: embark on. Yeah. At a young age. And it's an absolute shame that we do not teach uh, this kind of financial education at a young age. I mean, even into junior high, high school especially, um, kids get out on their own uh, and, and they're just bombarded, like, like you talked about, and I was the same way when I was on my college campus, man, I just walked down the campus and you you talked about this, even even Fry, who's running the podcast for us today, talked about, man, these people are just handing out credit card offers on campus, left and right right? And the kids don't, they have no education or understanding how to utilize credit or what credit is is supposed to be meant for. What it means to them is I'm about to buy those new Jordans. I'm about to be able to afford this or that. And, you know, it's, we're not educating. And I believe we're not educating around finance at an early age by design.
1: Um, uh, Absolutely. And, you know, 100% by design. I mean, it's like almost where kids are programmed to what is the next you know
0: job that we're going to do, as opposed to teaching entrepreneurship? Right, teaching. Yeah, uh, get the money so that they can consume products, and the more we understand about more, the more we understand about money, and the role it plays in our lives, and how to take care of it, how to grow it, how to manage credit to our advantage. Then the less dependent we are on the system, the more free, the more opportunities we have. The the I mean, now we can start a business. Now we can do do these things instead of being part of the system, instead of part of being part of the industrial workforce, so to speak. So I mean, it, without going full conspiracy theory, which I'm willing to do, but without going down that <laughs> path, I think we need to at least acknowledge um, with a with with a degree of passion that this this like parents have to take this responsibility on now because the schools aren't doing it. So the parents have to take responsibility to one, educate themselves in a way that they can share that education with their children. And you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, one of the problems is, is we, we're not really educating, we're handing down myths or misunderstandings about credit, right? Yes, like it, absolutely. We're, we're handing those down and that's dangerous because we're handing down misinformation. That's not education. It's just your handing down mis- misinformation. So we've got to take on that responsibility as parents or mentors for younger people in our lives to help them understand the process so that they can set themselves up for success at an early age, which I think is really important because most young adults learn their first lessons about credit through consequences instead of education. You don't feel it until you feel it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And debt is a crushing, crushing thing. I mean, when you have debt in your life, um, it, it hangs over you. It's heavy. You carry it to work. You carry it to soccer practice. You carry it everywhere. Well, you become a slave to it. You do. You and do. The things you own end up owning you, and
1: that's exactly how. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate and scary. And that's why uh, it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about helping people yeah. is providing them this type of education. Yeah. so that they can try to get out of these black holes um because you can. And it's just, you know, like you keep referring uh a lot just about having the proper discipline. And so, yeah. You know, once you can create that habit,
0: um it's it's doable. It totally is. It's just it takes a little bit of education on our part um to understand the system and then use it to our advantage. And and you know, The thing is, is we're in control. I think people have this misconception that they're not in control of credit or they're not in control of their lives. And it's just like, well, it's a choice you make. You choose not to be in control. Education to me has always represented control over some aspect of my life. Control over the way that I think, control over the way that I work, the effort that I give to my life. This is no different than that. Education about this offers me an opportunity to control it. And I think that's where people miss all the time is just like, you know, lean into educating yourself. And we, you know, the old, the old dog, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like at what point in our life do we just decide we're done learning? I mean, I see this in people all the time. They're like, I don't, I I don't care. It's too, it's too complicated. Like, no, it isn't literally babies figure it out. You (laughs) know what I mean? So I mean, like, especially with technology. So I think. I think you got to make the choice to educate yourself. And when you do, um, you get your power back from these things and then you use them for pot, you know, you use them to drive a positive narrative in your life instead of creating a, I mean, a my negative. son's 11 and he hears me talk about credit
1: all the time. And it's yeah. kind of funny cause he's talking to his as cre- friends about credit and they're like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it is doable. It's it totally is tradable. doable. I mean, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had a question on, on our, uh, you know, from last night when we pushed this out. It was just like, you know, how do you feel about parents um, co-signing for kids? You know, I would say no.
1: Um, you know, don't do it unless uh, – co-signing in general I would be against. But if you're co-signing for the kids, you just need to be aware – that if they don't make the payment, then that falls on you and will destroy your credit. Yeah, And that can happen quite often. And uh, I know some parents would be like, oh, of course I'm going to monitor it. Well, okay, I, fine. But you don't because I see it all the time. Yeah. I got – and it's not just parents, right, though. You know, you got uh, someone signing for their family member yeah. or signing for – their best friends
0: or it's just, it's irresponsible for the most part, right? I mean, if we're really talking about it, it's life throws us so many curveballs and changes and, and th- we're not living in an age anymore where you're going to be at the same job for 50 years and grab your gold watch and move on to retirement and get social security. Like that's not a reality for our generation, right? I, Times have changed. They really have. And, you
1: know, I'm really glad that you just asked this question because it just made me think about a critical, uh, component in, in marriages, mm-hmm. you know, new marriages, new, new couples co sign together. Yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a nation of, you know, divorce rate is I think over 50%. Yeah, I, I don't know, it's insane. But my point for this is that we get a lot of consumers, clients that come to us that they say, Hey, you know, I went through the divorce, it was successful. Uh, they were awarded the debt. So, it's their responsibility hmm. to pay it. Well, if the spouse wants to be just uh, watch my language, but if they just want to be vengeful, me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. vengeful mm-hmm. um, they cannot make the payment and it destroys the other. And that happens quite often, doesn't it? All the time. Yeah. And it, they're just sort of like, but I don't have to pay it. It's, it's not my responsibility. Well, unfortunately, the credit bureaus and the creditors don't care about your divorce and they don't care about your opinion either no they yeah. don't and so you just have to be conscious that if you are committed let's not say to a relationship because we hope that you are right that's right. why you get married yeah. or even a, any relationship that why you matter. should get married well a lot of people just get married for the party right <laughs> and so um just know that you know you could be liable for that payment, you have to be just always conscious that if that payment's not made, you need to be, you know, if you're, everybody's on their phones today, right? So you need to set a reminder, did the payment get made? Yeah. Because if not, your life will be in a lot more pain and agony of trying to, because you, you know, whatever you're trying to do, if it's a parent or if it's a relationship and you're trying to move forward, or when you go buy the next big purchase, let's say it's a home or it's a new car or it's... A, something Mm -hmm. and then you pull your credit and now your score is 580 because it dropped 190 points because remember payment history is 190 points right when you had 800 or 750 or whatever just know that your whole life has just been
0: compromised Yeah. So I I think that there's a component to taking responsibility for your life. Right. And this is where a lot of us fail. It's where I've failed in the past is just because I don't like something doesn't mean that that's the way that it is. And um, of course, you never want to go into a marriage like going, well, you know, it might not work out. So we can't (laughs) co-sign for this and we can't co like I think that you just got to take responsibility and know that when you're in a marriage, you understand that you got to work at it. You've got to, you've got to give your whole self to your partner. This is about building a life together. Um, and if you're, if you're not really feeling that way, like, you know, you, it's your responsibility to understand the consequences of all of this. hundred percent. Right? And that's where I see a lot of people missing. It's just like, well, this is BS or, you know, it's the victim mentality, right? It's like, yeah, but you knew the rules before you played the game and then you played the game and you lost and now you can't be mad at the rules, right? Like this is just that part of our lives that we have to take responsibility for. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many times you're, I guess
1: you're hundred percent right. But, and you... It's crazy that I see people were like, well, you know, I called them and, you know, I was late, but they, they wouldn't, you know, fix it. And so it's their fault. It's their fault. And they're like, so I'm just not paying it.
0: Yeah. vengeful it's like, victim mentality or I'll show them. It's your right?
1: debt. Yeah. You charged it. Like now you're just going to let it go 90 days, charge off. And then you expect that.
0: And you, we're going to
1: get it deleted for you <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> work that way like we don't dispute accurate information right, right. you yeah. know so it's i mean 99.9 percent of all credit reports are wrong pretty much i mean realistically i mean but my point is is that what's wrong about them that because that's a that's a big bold statement 99
0: percent <laughs> of credit reports are wrong like how like i don't think well,
1: i've ever seen an accurate credit report ever. what's
0: what's usually inaccurate about them
1: the, the dates are incorrect, and, and some of it could be like gray area. It's not like yeah. real, real bad, but my point is it's they're still always wrong. So like different dates, when an account was opened, like different payment histories. Okay. Like, you know, maybe they were late on a payment in this month, but it shows in a different month. Or let's, right, let's say they were never actually 30 days late. Maybe they were just 29. Mm-hmm. Or let's say they paid down a balance, and they don't update the balance. Or let's say they paid off a
0: charge-off or a collection. And the balance doesn't get updated. Right. I mean. Well, we talked about this before. Sometimes those when you pay off old debts or, or a charge off happens 10, 15 years later, you might have people calling you trying to get you to pay that old debt. Yeah. It, you have to be really careful. Yeah. Um, absolutely. About um, collection agencies trying to collect money that you, go, that you don't even know. Yeah. I mean, what do you uh, tell them? Because they use pretty tough tactics, right? They're like, they're, I mean, they even threaten you over the phone. I mean, we've all seen this this kind of stuff on, you know, on on news channels and different things about the tactics they use to get you to pay. Like, it's a little intimidating sometimes. Well, you can tell them not to call,
1: but technically, you actually need to write them and tell them, you know, to not contact you, mm-hmm. and then you can do like a validation of debt. You know, you like to, they have to always provide proof because F C R A. I mean, just so people understand, is quite thick, but there's three main things that it says that the information has to be 100% accurate, mm-hmm. has to be 100% verifiable, meaning they have to have proof, and it has to be reported timely. So when you just look at those three components, if one of them is off, they don't have proof, or it's not reporting timely, then they need to correct it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't correct it, then they're in violation of the federal law.
0: And, and so, do I understand this correctly that most of the time they don't have enough to get you to pay, you know, to to actually hold you to that debt because they bought it pennies for the dollar, it's been sold and resold four or five six different times to different collection companies and it's just a big just very a big game. There are a few collection agencies
1: companies out there that properly do it. Yeah. But there's a majority that do not. Yeah. You know, they're putting making the account look newer than what it really is Mm -hmm. you know accounts that were bought in three four five six years ago and they're making them look brand new right you know medical uh collections are the worst right you know a lot of times you know within six months they're not even allowed to report because they have to file it through the insurance companies making sure the insurance companies are covering the debt and then they you know the insurance companies do have coverage but something slips through the cracks and they end up getting a collection reported and then people go, like you said, sometimes they'll get threatened, they'll get scared, and then they pay a collection. What people need to understand about collections, not charge-offs, not original creditors, but collection accounts. And if you pay a collection, it has no positive impact whatsoever on the credit report. Hmm. On, I should say on, the, on a mortgage, on a financial. Now, they do have new scoring models, which this is a whole crazy. I mean, there's 77 different scoring models. Oh, that's all? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so there's some that don't even calculate medical collections into the calculation, hmm. or if they get paid, then it increases the scores. But the problem is, is that people get confused and they come to the lender like, hey, my score is, you know, 680 is 750. And then the lender pulls it and they're like, you're 580 or you're 620. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Credit Karma says this. And, you know, it's not just Credit Karma. I mean, there's other sites out there, but Credit Karma, I know, is very misleading for a lot of consumers. And I just want people to understand that they're not using a scoring model or system that has any, I guess would say, legitimacy
0: to them becoming qualifiable for a specific loan. What advantage do companies like that have then by reporting differently than, say, a mortgage company would or, or, you know, something like that? Well, you know, some of them are just trying to promote
1: them to apply for credit cards maybe mm-hmm. that they don't need or uh, people are trying to rebuild their credit you know they're you know so they're getting compensated for people purchasing the credit cards yeah and so you know it's just sometimes they'll be applying for credit cards that they would never qualify in the first place uh as well too so you know just it's really important that when you do want to start building credit and you want to get the right type of credit you know talk to somebody mm-hmm. you know just don't you know read what you you know, you see online or this
0: or that, you know, just, you know. Talk to somebody. Who? Well, Credit Absolute would there be a great go. component to, to so help you do that. Do you, help, do you help advise people in that way when they're, you know, when they're seeing this stuff online? Or, or can, can your customers just call you and, and say, hey, you know, I'm considering this. Can you help me understand the ins and outs of this? Yeah, that's one great thing
1: with Credit Absolute. I mean, you can go to our website, creditabsolute.com, but you can call us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a physical location in Scottsdale, Arizona. That you can come into. You know, it's always nice to see real faces sometimes Right. Um, in the digital age that we're in. But we do a free 30-minute consultation with all of our clients. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they just have to set up their credit monitoring site, which we do have a couple that we recommend um, that per- are preferable because they're easy to read, number one. Mm-hmm. But also, I know that they have legitimate uh, scoring system that is, you know, computable. And, when we look through the report, if they needed help with negative items, let's say, like the dispute side of it, mm-hmm. then that we could talk about, you know, that pro- how that process works. And then if they have gaps in their credit, then of course, we're going to talk to them about how we can help them build their credit and restrengthen basically or rebuild their foundation completely. What is a gap in credit? Well, let's just say someone has no credit cards, right? We talked about Credit cards are 30%, 165
0: points of the credit score. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have credit cards, how are you going to build credit? So, GAP, not necessarily referenced in. in- you know, from the platform of time as if, you know, for I had credit till 2010 and then no credit till 2013. What you, what you're meaning by a gap is uh, you got a good payment history on a mortgage or a car and you've got some other things, but the gap meaning I don't, I don't have any of these credit cards performing for me. Correct. Awesome. It's okay. called it holes, I guess holes in your credit. Sure. Yeah. So sure. we, we will identify that
1: with the client in the free consultation. And then we go over pricing our process. And then based on, they understand and they're comfortable Mm -hmm. then we can move forward and get them set up to where we start disputing any negative items that are inaccurate outdated or unverifiable but then we also then jump right into the coaching Mm -hmm. which is what I love
0: most that's That's the part that I love most about what you do too is (laughs) is the educational aspect of this you're legitimately coaching and teaching people how to take care of their credit how to use their credit to their advantage without question yeah I mean and
1: if they just grasp a couple pieces of it, they're, it's going to change their financial future. Yeah, I mean, it really is impactful, just even those couple things that we talked about with the payment history and the credit cards. I mean, it's yeah. Crazy. So the
0: natural person that's looking or hearing about something like this, the first question that comes up in the consumer's mind is, hey, this sounds really great, but how much does it cost? Like, where can people go to find out about pricing? Because you and I talked about it, and I was pretty shocked about how affordable it is. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't get paid on specific things unless you perform. Is that correct? Yes, we, we're performance-based 100%. Our pricing is on our website, so we're very trans. And that's
1: creditabsolute.com. Creditabsolute.com, mm-hmm. and it's under the pricing tab. But um, there is a lifetime membership uh, once they decide to hire us for the enrollment, and that includes uh, a portal. That they have access to mm-hmm. um, i'm a big believer in seeing is believing i want them to see what we're actually doing mm-hmm. but also it also gives them access to a library of resources so credit tips credit tools i even give them a budgeting
0: tool so that you've got a lot of videos on there I, when i looked through you had a lot of videos and educational videos and things that they can plug into tell me about this lifetime membership though i mean are you locking them into a monthly payment for life no i don't believe in the monthly models um,
1: i'm not saying that there's not companies that don't do good work i just Not a big fan of it because it's the purpose of a monthly model is to, you know, it's a process, right? You know, there's no, sometimes they don't dispute all the accounts. And so after our lifetime membership, what happens is where we're different than most companies in the nation is performance based. And what that means is if we delete a negative item for you, Mm -hmm. then we invoice you for that deletion. There you go. If we don't delete it,
0: then there's no charge. And what I like about that is you're showing them, like, okay, this was the, like, here's what we did, here's how we performed, here was the result, and here is the impact now on your life and your credit score. And I think, in, especially in this day of age, is like people are, are, for the most part, we're naturally distrustful about everything around us. We're being marketed to at a, at a, <laughs> at a rate that would like, it's chaos out there. Like, our lives are marketing right now, right? It's, yeah. it's absolutely nuts. So, there is a general distrust. So, to build transparency into a business, and that's what the, my favorite thing about what you're doing, is you built the transparency in, you're a show me business like and i think that that's very important right no smoke and mirrors like this is how it this is how it goes down it's performance based if i don't do the work for you then you know you're not you're not having to pay me and that component of it is i think so valuable but
1: again it's not about me getting the items deleted mm-hmm. most people come to the companies about like i want this deleted i want this deleted like okay great well and we're going to go back to the coaching again yeah and this is what makes me different
0: that's what i love because i mean back to the middle of our conversation today around well hey this this like let's not delete this judgment it's not having a negative impact on your score and it's it's helping you from an age perspective so you're going to go in there and you're going to say i could delete this and then i could bill you for the deletion but you're, you're focused more on helping them build the credit score. So you know if you delete that, you'll have a negative impact on their credit score. Again, back to this whole transparency mm-hmm. and education process, which is why I love the value that you're bringing to people. And it's just so important that,
1: that they follow our coaching plan. Yeah, The coaching plan works.
0: And it's pretty simple,
1: right? It, it is. I mean, it's, you, it's, got, you make it simple
0: for them is y- what I mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've like I said, I, I know it works like a hundred percent. I yeah. can say that. Like, I don't always talk about hundred percents, but I know it works because I personally did it. Yeah, It's not like I'm just saying, you know, like, Hey, I woke up one morning, started a credit. Just, company. just try it. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're your, you're a test, you know, we'll you're a guinea pig, right. but no, I, I know it works. And, but you know, I've, with our continuing <laughs> education <laughs> as well, mm-hmm. uh, continuing education to understand the different, uh, just nuances, of how all this operates. And so when we give them that, it's just important that they follow the coaching plan to build, right, it's about building new credit yeah. or maintaining or readjusting their
0: current credit right. to trigger those scoring yeah. algorithms to boost and maximize their scores, so. And a lot of this can be done. I mean, you can seriously improve credit scores in a pretty short period of time, right? 30, 60 days, you can have an impact. I have a 98% success rate, increasing scores from 40 points minimum up to 100 points in 30 to 90 days yeah and that's a that's a huge impact so for most of our audience being real estate or industry-based people like this is a resource that you can use for your clients that are on the cusp or you know we're building businesses in real estate and we're relationship-based business and our fiduciary is to help our clients and if we can put them if we can put somebody with a 580 credit score um, in you know introduce them to you and start changing their life, that person could be a, an impact on our business. We could help them buy or sell a home in a year or two years. And most agents don't think about this. They don't think, well, listen, if you can't buy a house in the next 30 to 90 days, then I don't have time for you. An easy introduction to you and putting them into a database and following up with these people over the course of time. We want our industry to be easier. We want our business to be easier year after year after year. And the way that we do that is we put people in our database that aren't just going to buy or sell in the next 30 or 90 days but we'll be buying or selling in the future and we're the catalyst for that and if we can help them get to you and that person now represents a client that we'll have a very happy client that we'll have in two years then in two years our business is a little better in four years our business is, is even better and that snowball effect is how businesses grow And, you know, I know a lot of our our agents have went to your website and the agents now can go to your website and sign up for their own link. Tell us about how that works. Oh, yeah. Thank you. This is uh, pretty
1: awesome Uh, just because I come from uh, your side, right? I was a mortgage banker. Mm -hmm. I was in the real estate market. But if you go to creditabsolute.com on the top right hand corner, it says referral partners like a little button. But when you click on it, you just fill out your basic information, address and stuff. And then it gives you a series of uh, just introduction emails to set up your own account mm-hmm. and you get a personal or like a private partner link mm-hmm. that anytime you send a lead or a customer that needs help, now it's tracked specifically for you. And so what I was able to build is, you know, it always was like, you know, well, I don't know what's going on with my client. You know, I don't get any updates. And I don't get any communication. It's always about communication. Right. And so I've built in not only the email system, text messaging. so Mm -hmm. Videos. You do a lot with videos. Love videos. Mm -hmm. But we also, we call the client, unless it's on a weekend, but they get called usually within, I would say, a couple minutes, Mm -hmm. like immediately. Unless it's on the weekend. If it's on the weekend, then right, they're at least getting the text message and email saying, first step, do this. Mm -hmm. We provide them calendars. So the calendar opened up. But um, so when the real estate agent or let's say a mortgage banker sends a client, that's all they have to do. It's important that they input the lead, not Mm -hmm. send the link to the client because there's just this fear, right? Um, So if you want to fill it out, if you want to have success, all we need is their name, phone number and email. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then the clients will get an introduction, they'll get a phone call, they'll get a text message. And then from there, if the clients don't respond to us in a few days, literally three, The real estate agent or the banker will get an email just saying, hey, your client hasn't responded to us, just letting you know
0: what's going on. Yeah, which gives you an opportunity to reach out and assure them that like, hey, you know, this is a resource for you. It's nothing to be afraid of. If you can, if you want to plug into it, it's here. Yeah, if you want to buy a house. Yeah, if you want to buy a house, if the goal is to buy a house, then I can help you take the steps to get there. And those steps feel a little daunting and overwhelming right now, but I assure you that there's resources out here to plug into to make it less daunting. You know, there's and, people who will hold your hand through this process. And when they do become a client, then you get a monthly
1: credit success report. The client gets one, but also the referral partner gets one because it's important that we're all family. Mm-hmm. And so if there's things that you don't like or things that you want to share constructive criticism on, I mean, I'm, I'm always evolving. Yeah. I'm definitely not perfect. I mean, like None I, said, of us are. I mean, yeah. so for me to be able to make it even easier for you, uh, I'm always open to suggestions because like I said, if I can make this, if I, my goal pretty much is with real estate agents and mortgage bankers is to help you close more deals. Right. And I know there's a lot of companies that have their internal credit uh, departments, but those are for quick fixes. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm not looking for those clients. Yeah. But if you have clients with real damages and, and that need real education, um, start building your pipeline. Like you're saying, if it's not first 30, 60, 90 days, you got six months, a year later, but you're talking about hundreds of leads that nothing happens with.
0: Yeah. And these are all people that want help. Yeah. They're raising their hands saying, you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to do the work. Help me. Just show them the door. Yeah. Just show them the way. We'll do the work. That's awesome, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy. And I know, you know, for the audience, if you're if you're an agent or your brokerage or company um, wants to have Derek in um, to explain this and just have, you know, a group conversation or one-on-one conversations, I know that you're willing to do that. I mean, you've done that for our team twice now over the course of the last year. Our team always loves when you come because they're, they're learning something that they legitimately, like most of our agents know somebody that needs your services, like constantly somebody in their rotation. And for them to have this extra tool in their toolbox, to help that individual come over to you. It makes them look good. And whether or not that person actually buys a home now or even in two years, maybe they don't ever, but you were like they understand now they were a resource for that person. They helped them and that person now um, trusts them and refers them business. Maybe they don't ever buy a house, but you earned a referral partner now. You earn the trust and confidence of an individual that says, you took the time to help me get in touch with the right people. And then they find out, you know, one of their friends or family members is needing to buy or sell a house and they refer them back to the agent. So it's Absolutely. Just, it, it always comes full circle. So, you know, how do people reach you, man? Well, uh, the best way
1: is, like I said, usually go into the website, creditabsolute.com, but um, they can also email me. Uh, which I'm fine with the direct email. It's just dvogel, which is d's and Derek, and then v's in Victor, O G E L, at creditabsolute.com. Excellent. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one thing I just wanted to share with the consumers, but also referral partners, is uh, we have some pretty amazing resources. I think it's important that everyone's aware of. Yeah, tell us. So it we have a credit attorney. And why that's important is it's free with our services, there's no cost to it. And basically to keep it simple is if we dispute a violation that's inaccurate, outdated, unverifiable, mm-hmm. and they don't fix it, they don't remove it, they don't delete it, then they're in violation of the federal law. And then we'll go in and we'll sue the creditors or uh, the bureaus for not fixing the information. Mm-hmm. And then has to do with, you know, the FCRA violations, but also has to do with the Fair Debt Billing Practices Act which is more for like collection companies. Mm -hmm. So if they're reporting something incorrect or it gets paid, well, what's nice is that when we go in and we get a real violation and we win the case, I mean, there's an opportunity for the client to be, you know, to be awarded damages Hmm. for their credit. I mean, I had a few months ago, a client make a couple thousand bucks off their credit report. Wow. (laughs) I mean, so it's pretty awesome. Right. If you know that you have a violation, then reach out to me, like I said. You might actually make a little money. Yeah. Now right. everybody's interested.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you said But at you, the same time, money?
1: it's just nice to have the muscle there too, because we're right. not going to let them continue to take advantage of a client. Yeah. Uh, we help with also debt settlement. So if you're not wanting to file bankruptcy and you're looking for that, I mean, you, they get a free consultation. I mean, obviously there's a cost for hiring a debt settlement attorney, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's a good way to go. And and um, we also help with student loans. I like personally, but we just coach people how to. Uh, do like the rehabilitation or to consolidate a bunch of loans that are all over the place into one, making Mm -hmm. it more affordable, lower interest rates and people that are, like say, delinquent, um, it's important to know that they get a one-time opportunity to rebuild uh, their student loan debt. And from my understanding, you know, you want to confirm with them, but once you pay sometimes up to nine months to 12 months, we'll remove all the late payment history. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't, confirm that with them personally, but I've just, yeah. I've seen it done. You just need to be proactive about, you know, staying on top of them and that's something that you help with. And then federal and state tax liens, you know, if you have that challenge mm-hmm. and you're not trying to figure out how to negotiate it on your own, have some great attorneys for that. And then um, with high interest rate on car loans, you know, I'm There's sure you don't want to, you don't want to keep paying 20, 15%. It's not fun. So, you know, we can fix the credit and get you with a car um, financing company that mm-hmm. I've built some relationships with to help uh, refinance that and get an affordable rate and affordable payment. Wow. So those are just a lot. Of, and, you know, we all probably know somebody that has something. Oh, of course. Yeah. so it's just nice to be able to know that those resources are available for every, anybody that wants to, even if they don't use those, I just want, I'm
0: available to help people just in general. Right. That's fantastic, man. And so my final question is, um, so your, your main hub is based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Do you help people from out of state? Uh, we're actually nationwide nationwide. Yeah. So we can okay. help anybody anywhere. Yeah. So if you're listening from, you know, and you're not in the state of Arizona, um, you know, go to the website, ab, uh, dot or you can get in contact with, with Derek and he can help you from pretty much anywhere in the nation. Right? Yeah, 100%. That's awesome, man. Derek, thanks for coming in today. Man, I mean, credit's a, it's it's a, it's it's very complex. Um that's that's why I love about doing these podcasts and sitting down with people like you is I get to have a little bit better understanding and we get to share the conversation. We have it from a very human perspective too, so it's just, you know, just going through this, I'm always just dumbfounded about why it's so complex. You know, and I don't think anybody really has the answer to that. Um, but I appreciate you having the conversation and coming in today. Um, do you have anything else to say before we wrap it up? No,
1: you know, just thank you for this opportunity. Sure. And, uh, you know, like, I uh, appreciate everything, uh, and your support, uh, that you've done with Credit Absolute. And, you know, like I said, I'm always, like I said, open to, uh, speaking at, uh, any type of opportunity mm-hmm. or if it's, you know, other events or schools, or if you need somebody to bring a value add to uh,
0: an audience I just want people to know that I'm open to do that That's fantastic. So, yes. So thank you so much. So creditabsolute.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Authentic Agent Podcast today. I hope you got something out of that conversation or you know somebody in your life that could benefit from Derek's help. Make sure you get them over. Support Derek and uh, Credit Absolute. His heart's in the right place. His business model's in the right place. Happy to be a friend and a colleague of you, man. So everybody, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here live next Thursday, 9 a.m., Pacific time. Have a great weekend. Bye.